Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. All right. The flaming garbage fire that is American politics continues to flame away. And Al Franken has been caught in the blaze. Plus, we'll talk about the latest with Roy Moore. And Bob Menendez's jury is deadlocked. So the news comes fast and furious and crappy. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. There's that shot in Airplane where somebody says the bleep hits the fan and there's actually a picture of poop hitting fan. And that's pretty much every day in American politics now. When I say that it's a garbage fire, I mean that outside this door is a raging dumpster fire and the smell just wafts through the building. And that is coming directly from Washington, D.C. and from Hollywood. And it's just all garbage. And everyone is garbage. And that's the short summary of today's show. But there's much more. So we will talk about all of the breaking news. But first, I want to say thank you to our sponsors over at FilterBuy. So, you know, you, uh, you don't think about the air quality in your home until one day there's black mold on your ceiling and you're dying. That's why you need to go to FilterBuy. Okay, at my house, we hadn't thought about our filters. We looked at our filters. They were all dirty. They were all terrible. And so we went to, we measured our filters and we saw which ones we needed. And then we went to FilterBuy. Com. They send you the size you need within 24 hours, plus free shipping. They use double the industry standard MERV rating on most filter sizes. All of their filters are manufactured right here in the United States, and they can ship any size and in any quantity. Save 5% when you set up auto delivery and never think about air filters again. That's why I like the, the auto delivery option, because it means that you're never going to have to worry about all of the filters arriving. You never have to worry about forgetting about it for five years, and then you look at it, and it's completely black. Go to filterbuy.com today and get the best price on top quality filters shipped within 24 hours plus free shipping. Filterbuy.com. Again, that's filterbuy.com. And when you set that auto delivery, you get 5% off. Filterbuy.com. It's a very easy thing. You should just do it and forget about it and make sure that your, your family is safe because air quality is linked to health. Again, filterbuy.com. All right. So I do have a big announcement coming momentarily about. Uh, my speech tour. And no, it's not like a big announcement like Trump's big announcement about his Asian tour, which was basically him announcing which Chinese restaurants he'd eaten at in China. It's actually uh, a really big announcement. We'll do that in just a moment. But first, the news. So the news today, Al Franken likes grabbing boobs. Really? Like this is the news today. So Al Franken uh, is now being accused by an LA anchor named Leanne Tweeden. She's on KBC. She tweeted on Thursday morning that inspired by Representative Jackie Spire, a Democrat who encouraged anyone who had been victimized by a member of Congress to step forward, she decided to tell her story. In an essay published on KBC's website, according to DailyWire.com, Tweeden described her encounter with Al Franken, the senator from Minnesota, the man who is supposedly the new conscience of the Senate. Yesterday, he was ripping up Justice Don Willett, the Texas Supreme Court Justice Don Willett, ripping him up and down because Texas Justice Don Willett, who is very funny on Twitter, had once tweeted something about how he wanted to legalize marriage to bacon because he liked bacon so much, and Al Franken thought that this was a slap at the gay community somehow, which is weird because gay people aren't bacon. But in any case, Al Franken uh, apparently sexually harassed slash assaulted uh, Leanne Tweeden. She said, in an essay, she described her encounter with Franken, whom she says used comedy as an excuse to be inappropriate because comedians in Hollywood apparently are all inappropriate from Louis C.K. to David Letterman. Tweeden, a former model, was on her ninth tour with the USO and expected to be the event MC, but quickly discovered that Franken had penned a special skit for her to perform with him, and he'd included a kiss that he insisted they practice beforehand. So here is the, here is the actual essay. Quote, He repeated that actors really need to rehearse everything and that we must practice the kiss. I said, okay, so he would stop badgering me. We did the line leading up to the kiss, and then he came at me, put his hand on the back of my head, mashed his lips against mine, and aggressively stuck his tongue in my mouth. Okay, first of all, um, you know, that is sexual assault, but I will say that every actor in Hollywood has apparently done this to every actress in Hollywood. Like, talk to any actress in this town, you'll see this is a very common occurrence. This is not letting Al Franken off the hook by any means. It's just to show you that in Hollywood, this stuff is supremely prevalent. He said, I mean, she says, I immediately pushed him away with both of my hands against his chest and told him if he ever did that to me again, I wouldn't be so nice about it the next time. I walked away. All I could think about was getting to a bathroom as fast as possible to rinse the taste of him out of my mouth. <laughs> okay. 
She said she didn't report Franken's behavior or the alleged assault to superiors, but did her best to stay out of Franken's way the rest of the tour. He repaid her, she says, by peppering her with insults and drawing devil horns on pictures she signed for the troops. Then, on the flight home, as Tweedon slept in her Kevlar vest and helmet, she says Franken groped her while he posed for this photo. Yeah, there is there is a senator from Minnesota uh, groping or, or attempting to grope a sleeping woman. Just all class is, is Senator Al Franken. And um, she says... I couldn't believe me. I couldn't believe it. He groped me without my consent while I was asleep. I felt violated all over again, embarrassed, belittled, humiliated. How dare anyone grab my breast like this and think it's funny? I told my husband everything that happened and showed him the picture. She claimed she was too scared to complain, worried about the potential backlash and possibility that lobbing a sexual harassment allegation against a famous comedian would have repercussions to her career, which it would. The way that it works in Hollywood, because Hollywood is a scummy place, is that if you complain about sexual harassment, no one will hire you ever again. This is reality, and it's horrifying. This is, it's, it's really disgusting. You're considered a, a hard to put up with. You're considered somebody who doesn't get it and isn't cool in Hollywood if you don't put up with men acting like pervs or anyone acting like a perv. If somebody gropes you and you, and you say anything about it, this makes you a prude in Hollywood. Seriously. Uh, Al Franken has now responded to the allegations saying he sends his sincerest apologies and that the photo was, quote, clearly intended to be funny. Oh, boy. Um, he says, I certainly don't remember the rehearsal for this getting the same way, but I send my sincerest apologies to Leanne. As to the photo, it was clearly intended to be funny, but wasn't. I shouldn't have done it. Al Franken is in serious poo-poo now. He's in serious trouble. And we're about to find out whether Democrats are flaming hypocrites because they, of course, have been calling for Roy Moore to be expelled from the Senate if he were elected and forever Republicans distance themselves from Roy Moore, the, uh, the Senate Republican from Alabama. Quick correction I want to make on the show. So I keep saying for the last two days, the snot has addled my brain from this cold, but I kept saying that Richard Burr was the senator from Alabama. It's Richard Shelby, of course. In any case, uh, the Democrats have been calling for for Roy Moore to step down, anyone who does not call for Roy Moore to step down is obviously uh, is obviously horrifying. But are they saying the same things about Al Franken? Well, we know that uh, several of the several of the senators have been running away from questions about this. They they've been legitimately like running from the press, and that makes perfect sense because none of this matters to the you if if it's a member of your own political party, right? It's it, there's a bunch of uh, the, the, Sasha Stone. Uh, is uh, is a writer over at, I guess, Awards Daily. And she said, sorry, but if, what se- but, but if what Al Franken is doing in that photo is sexual harassment, we're going to need a bigger boat. Come on, people, snap out of it. Um, if someone did this to my wife, I'd punch them in the face. How's that? You know, I think this is a pretty good standard, right? I think, I think this is a good standard for sexual harassment slash sexual assault. If someone did this to your wife, would you punch them in the face if you're a dude? Or if you're a girl, would you feel like you should punch them in the face? If the answer is yes, then it's probably, I, I feel like that's a, that's a pretty good standard. So Gene uh, Shaheen, Right, the Democrat from New Hampshire, she said, quote, I'm a member of the ethics committee, so I can't comment. Oh, ho, 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 ho. So I guess this is how it's going to go now, right? Women, Democratic women, not quite standing by other women. I guess uh, I had heard that, that Gillibrand says that, quote, she, so now Kirsten Gillibrand has said that the allegations against Franklin, Franken are deeply disturbing, says she believes the woman who accused him. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty astonishing stuff. This is the state of American politics now. So I have a proposal to fix all of this. Um, it's actually two proposals. So proposal number one is that we should actually just um, have all of the Congress people stay home. I think the remote voting is the best solution to this. So all of these senators should be forced to live in the districts from which they spring and live at home with their wives uh, and their husbands. This is the way that, that sexual harassment would, would, I think, be minimized, uh, not because these people aren't scumbags when they're in their home district, but because Washington, D.C. is a scummy place filled with scummy people. But... The other way we can do this is it's time for, I think, robot Congress. So I think we need to elect robots to, to Congress. Maybe that's a little extreme. But in any case, uh, we will see whether the Democrats are giant hypocrites or whether the Democrats are not giant hypocrites in very, very short order. Obviously, some are and some aren't. What's funny about this is that Democrats really don't have any risk in getting rid of Franken. If they get rid of Franken, the, the governor of Minnesota right now is a Democrat. So will appoint a replacement. Probably somebody like Keith Ellison, who is an absolute anti-Semite. So we'll actually get someone worse than Al Franken in the Senate politically uh, if, if Al Franken is replaced. So Democrats don't have much to worry about. By Matt Iglesias' logic yesterday at, at Vox.com, they have no excuse not to get rid of him. I do also want to do this flashback because you're seeing a lot of Democrats these days talk about how the Clintons should go. And, the, you know, it's time for Bill Clinton to go. And, and now they're all hot and bothered about sexual harassment. I am excited. I, w- I will say this. I'm excited that Roy Moore is now forcing all Democrats to be consistent about sexual harassment, right? This is the only reason why they're pretending to care about Al Franken. I don't think they deeply care about Al Franken. They certainly didn't care about 
Bill Clinton being a disgusting piece of garbage until the last five minutes or so. This is the last year, I believe, Joy Behar saying that Bill Clinton's accusers were tramps on national television. I wonder if she missed the opportunity to address it in a way that the public would understand that that's just well, not how you behave. Well, the big issue? I, I would like to apologize to those tramps that have slept with my husband. <laughs> Okay, so she's calling all of them tramps, right? This is until the last five minutes. Now it's believe the women, believe the women. The only reason the Democrats are saying this, of course, is because they want Roy Moore gone. The networks, if you remember during the last election cycle, when Donald Trump brought up all of the accusers against Bill Clinton, the networks attacked Trump for having the temerity to bring up these accusers. Donald Trump proving nothing is off limits, dramatically intensifying his attacks on former President Bill Clinton's history with women. I looked at the New York Times. Are they going to interview Juanita Broderick? Are they going to interview Paula Jones? Are they going to interview Kathleen Willey? In one case, it's about exposure. In another case, it's about groping and fondling and touching against a woman's will. And rape. And rape. The rape accusation is decades old and discredited. And big settlements, massive settlements. $850,000 for and Paula Jones. lots of other things. They were referring to a trio of women who say Bill Clinton made unwanted sexual advances in the 80s and 90s. Mr. Clinton denies it. Two of the cases were plagued by factual discrepancies. Still, the accusations linger and will be a focus of GOP ads against Hillary Clinton. Okay, so look how the media was downplaying all this until two seconds ago when Bill Clinton's desiccated political body was thrown right under that train because now it's time to get Republicans. Really amazing how this has happened. Now, listen, if inadvertently we end up raising our standards for politicians because everybody is, is, is so focused on getting rid of the other guy that they're forced to abide by their own standards, maybe something good comes out of this. Maybe we actually all have new standards. I don't think that's what's going to happen, though. I think that this will be a five-minute break from—, from partisan politics dominating, and then we'll go right back to being terrible about electing terrible people. I mean, remember, Democrats were so insane back in the 90s over this thing that Bill Clinton, who was a perjurer and a sexual molester, uh, you know, Bill Clinton was applauded by Democrats. After he was impeached, Democrats came to the White House and they gave him a standing ovation. I asked the American people to move with me, to go on from here to rise above the rancor, to overcome the pain and division to be a repairer of the breach, all of us, to make this country as one America what it can and must be for our children in the new century about to dawn. Thank you very much. And they're all done. This is literally after he was impeached by the House. Right, and they're all standing there clapping for him. You know, the reason that I bring this up is not whataboutism. I've been calling for Roy Moore to step down. On Fox News yesterday, I said that Roy Moore should step down on Fox and Friends, right? So President Trump's favorite show, I said directly on that show that, that Roy Moore should absolutely step down from his, from his Senate run. So this is not what, whataboutism only applies if you say that you're excusing Roy Moore's behavior because of Bill Clinton. The reason that I'm bringing up Bill Clinton is because I believe that the standard for American politicians was set in the 1990s, and that has been the consistent standard all the way until now. And so if Democrats want to get rid of Roy Moore, and this is going to force them to get rid of Al Franken too, good. Good. Now, with all of that said, I do think that we should be careful about what exactly are the standards for sexual harassment and sexual assault. Like, we actually have a picture of Al Franken, you know, purporting to grab a woman's breasts while she's sleeping. That's pretty bad stuff. I want to make sure that the allegations that we see are credible. The reason that I said that Moore is, I mean, that picture is a picture. I mean, come on, there's a picture for you. But, if it, but the reason that I've said that Roy Moore should step down is because the allegations are credible. When, when Ted Cruz, for example, during his campaign was accused to have slept with a bunch of his campaign aides, the allegations were not credible because there, was no, there were no names that were named. All of the women denied it. There was not any, there was not any corresponding information. There was, I remember during the campaign, there was a, a rape allegation that the media were not widely reporting against Donald Trump, and that's because the accuser's story basically fell apart pretty quickly. So the allegations have to be credible. But with that said, uh, you know, I think that if we're going to—if our new standard is the credible allegations are treated as we don't want these people anywhere near the levers of power, I think that's a good thing. Maybe inadvertently we'll stumble into something better here. Okay, so before I go any further, and I do have a big announcement about my, my college lecture tour in just a moment, first I want to say thank you to our sponsors over at Birch Gold. So right now, if it feels like the economy is, uh, is doing really well, but it still feels like it might be a little bit inflated, and you think that maybe the stock market's going to take a dive sometime in here, if you are concerned that uh, there are some, there's going to be some shock to the real estate market— if 
if you, or if you just want to hedge your bet. Uh, that's why it's time to buy some precious metals. Go over to birchgold.com slash Ben, and they'll give you a comprehensive 16-page kit showing how gold and silver can protect your savings, how you can legally move your IRA or 401k out of risky stocks and bonds and into a precious metals IRA. Birch Gold Group, they have a long-standing track record of continued success, thousands of satisfied clients, countless five-star reviews, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Contact Birch Gold Group right now to request a free information kit on physical precious metals. Again, that's birchgold.com slash Ben. We've had them on the show. Uh, they're the people that I trust with precious metals investment. Ask all your questions, make sure you feel secure, and then get precious metals as part of your portfolio. Birchgold.com slash Ben. Okay, so here's the big announcement that I've been teasing a little bit here. So my college tour uh, is ramping up next year. We've spoken at 30, 35 college campuses over the last couple of years. And now I'm announcing that we are partnering exclusively with Young America's Foundation. They've sponsored many of my campus tours uh, for my 2018-2019 campus tour. And thanks to Fred Allen, who is one of the, uh, who's the biggest sponsor for this. A lot of students who have wanted to host an event but lacked the necessary funding, um, they're being granted that funding uh, by YAF. YAF and their vast student network continue to plan engaging campus events, and they are, they, we're not, we now have a process for this. So because we receive so many requests every single day, I mean literally dozens of requests every single day, and because of how many YAF receives on their end, we've now been setting to working to set up a formal application process. So for all the college students who want to bring me, going live today, there's an application and info page at yaf.org slash Ben Shapiro Tour. That's yaf.org slash Ben Shapiro Tour. We lay out all the necessary steps and info needed to order, to, to order a request hosting an event. Because of my crazy schedule, we're actually limiting next year's tour to 12 campuses, so be fast about this. Be sure to follow all the steps in the application and present a good proposal for why you think your school should be one of the 12. Check out yaf.org slash Ben Shapiro Tour. That's yaf.org slash Ben Shapiro Tour to submit an application, and uh, that will allow us to get back to you faster as well. Okay, so Meanwhile, uh, while all of this is going on in the Senate, uh, the, the continuing saga of Roy Moore uh, continues apace. And I want to talk about some of the solutions to Roy Moore saga, but one of the things, that, that, one of the things I find really kind of gross about the way that, that sexual allegations are treated, uh, it, it's gross on, on, in two aspects. One is that sexual allegations without any other corroborating proof, uh, if, you, if you say, show me some corroborating evidence, people go nuts. And if you say there is corroborating evidence, now you have to show me why it's not true, people go nuts. So there's no solution, right? Roy Moore's lawyers put out a defense yesterday that was so weak and so strained, and yet people are hanging their hat on this peg. I remember that during the, uh, during the campaign, there was some of this with regard to President Trump, and I remember with Bill Clinton, there was some of the same sort of stuff. With regard to Trump, I recall that there was an allegation that Trump had sexually assaulted a woman on a plane, and people were going back and trying to figure out whether the armrests arm on that kind of, kind of plane went up or down. And this was supposed to be used as proof that Trump had never done any of this. I'm seeing something similar happening with, with Roy Moore. The question you have to ask yourself is whether these allegations are credible. Now, you can still make the case, and I'm getting letters from people in Alabama who are saying, listen, I'm not going to vote for Doug Jones. I don't want you to vote for Doug Jones. I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton, right? I thought that Donald Trump was kind of a scuzz. I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. I'm not saying you have to vote for Doug Jones. I'm saying now is the time for all of you folks to be planning a write-in campaign for somebody who is not credibly accused of child molestation. Is that a terrible idea? Is that a horrible idea? Now, I didn't vote at the top of the ticket. I think it's possible to do that too. I understand why you don't want Doug Jones in the Senate. I don't want him in the Senate either. I don't want a pro-abortion Democrat in the Senate. But that does not mean that we get to brush off accusations that are like this. So... Let, let, let's go through Moore's lawyer's defense because this is this is pretty bad. There, there are a couple more allegations, by the way, uh, that Moore groped people. There are two new accusers uh, who are suggesting that, that Moore, Moore was harassing them. One of them was a high school girl who said that when Moore was in his 30s, he called up her high school, pulled her out of trig class to ask her on a date, which it, like called the principal's office and said, can I speak to X? And the girl went to the office and she said, what's up? And he said, I want to ask you on a date. What are you doing? She said, well, I'm in trig class right now. Okay, in any case... Moore's lawyer, uh, let's say his legal team is not the strongest. Uh, and when I say not the strongest, I mean it's really quite terrible. Like, the, the, I don't know whether he went to the, his lawyers went to the My Cousin Vinny School of Lawyering, but they don't have the street smarts of Joe Pesci. Here is, uh, I mean, this, okay, in any case, here was, here was Roy Moore's attorney. At a certain point, you just have to laugh at this stuff because we are so down the rabbit hole, folks. I mean, we are, we are in Alice in Wonderland. Uh, and here is, uh, here is Roy Moore's lawyer yesterday trying to make excuses for Roy Moore attempting to date girls who were like 15 or 16 years old in Alabama in 1979. He's talking to a uh, he's talking to a um, an anchor uh, on MSNBC 
And this anchor, the anchor's name is uh, Ali Veshi, I guess. And uh, and watch Ali Veshi, I guess, has some background uh, that he thinks that he can discern because Ali Veshi is a brown person. Uh, and this does not go well from Roy Moore's lawyer. But point is this: what does you know, Ali's each culture has a, have to do with dating a fourteen-year-old. Uh, I'm 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 not finished with the context of it. Well, Please answer, what does Ali Velshi's background have to do with dating under children, 14-year-old girls? Sure. In other, in other countries, there's arrangement through parents for what we would refer Allie's to as from consensual marriage. So, <laughs> Ali's from Canada. I understand that. And Ali's also spent time in other countries, so of which I. I've gone to. So it's not a bad thing. I, I, don't, I so don't know where you're going with so this, Trenton. Stephanie, to answer, but here's the answer to your question. <laughs> Ellie's from Canada. Yeah, in Canada, they have a real record of, of people trying to hit up 14-year-olds. I love that. Ellie's brown, therefore Ellie must be from a country where, where child marriage is the thing. By the way, there are countries where child marriage is the thing. They're not civilized Western countries. Like, my wife's grandmother was married, I think, when she was 13. I think the story about her uh, is, is that she went out and played jump rope at her wedding. Like, that's not good. Okay, like, it worked out in the long run, but... Right? I mean, that just... This is why Western civilization is a superior place, okay? Western civilization is a wonderful place because we don't have 30-year-old men who are trying to knock up 14-year-old girls. Um, so Moore's lawyer is not doing a particularly wonderful job. Uh, and then uh, last night, uh, or the night before last night, you remember Sean Hannity on Fox News basically gave a 24-hour ultimatum to Roy Moore. And the, uh, the ultimatum was, I need you to credibly show me why these accusations are false or you need to get out of the race. So Roy Moore sent an open letter to Sean Hannity, and the open letter is uh, not particularly good. So the, the open letter says, Dear Sean, uh, I am suffering the same treatment other Republicans have had to endure. A month prior to the general election for U.S. Senate in Alabama, I have been attacked by the Washington Post and other liberal media in a desperate attempt to smear my character and defeat my campaign. And then he talks at length about how wonderful he is. He repeats that he's been married for a long time and has grandkids, et cetera, et cetera. And then he says, we are on the, in the process of investigating these false allegations to determine their origin and motivation. For instance, we have documented that the most recent accuser, Beverly Nelson, was a party in a divorce action before me in Etowah County Circuit Court in 1999. No motion was made for me to recuse. Okay, so there's a problem with this particular allegation by Roy Moore, which is that the actual judge who was assigned to this case was not Roy Moore. Roy Moore signed, I think, one document at the very, very end of the case. She never sat in a courtroom with Roy Moore, apparently. In her accusations, Nelson did not mention I was the judge assigned to her in the divorce case in 1999, because he wasn't, apparently. A matter that apparently caused her no distress at a time that was 18 years closer to the alleged assault. Yet 18, 18 years later, while talking before the cameras about the supposed assault, she seemingly could not contain her emotions. And she says, my signature on the order of dismissal in the divorce case was annotated with the letters DA, representing the initials of my court assistant. Well, again, one of the problems is that apparently his actual court assistant of record did not have those initials at that time. So very weak defense from Judge Roy Moore in this letter. To, to Sean Hannity trying to convince him not to throw him not to throw him overboard, and then he trotted out uh, and then he trotted out his lawyers to say that the signature in the yearbook is a fraud. Remember, we we played the the tape of the signature in the yearbook, the accuser showing the signature in the yearbook from Roy Moore, and then his attorney said it was a fraud. I'm going to show you the tape of the attorney again. I don't know where he's getting his legal team. It looks like he's getting them from one of the uh, the ambulance-chasing firms that you see advertising on television. Uh, but before we get there, first I want to say thank you to this awesome new advertiser. Really, I'm very excited about this new advertiser, mancrates.com. Like, okay, these, these folks are awesome. So this is not a cheese of the month club or a new tie. They offer 100 hand-curated gift collections for every type of guy. This is perfect for Christmas or Hanukkah, um, from the rugged outdoorsman to the sports fanatic and everything in between. They have the whiskey appreciation crate with a personalized decanter and glasses for your favorite drink, or the grill master crate with brass knuckle meat tenderizer, like literally brass knuckles, and cast iron smoker box. Go to mancrates.com, pick the perfect crate, choose the delivery date, and then here's the best part of it. When the crate arrives, they send you a laser engraved crowbar, and you legitimately pry open the crate with your bare hands and the crowbar in order to get at the product, which is just awesome. It's super fun. I just got a baseball one, I believe. Uh, go to mancrates.com slash Ben to get 5% off your order. That's 5% off at mancrates.com slash Ben. That's mancrates.com slash Ben. I mean, nothing like making a city boy feel like a real man, like prying open a crate that has decanters inside. Um, but that's, a, I, seriously, I'm going to make my wife get me one of these. They're pretty amazing, and they have a wide variety of these products that are just awesome. They have sports-themed products. Um, those are the ones that I like. I just got ones with, um, there's a poker-themed product. So 
There's nothing, there's nothing more James Bond than you get a crate in the mail, you pry it open, and it's poker chips. Just awesome. So mancrates.com slash Ben, and uh, that will let them know that we sent you as well. You get 5% off of your order. Okay, so <clears throat> here is Roy Moore's lawyer saying the signature is a fraud. A fraud! Here we go. So right now, Trent Garman, our attorney, has sent a letter or is sending a letter to Gloria Allred demanding that the yearbook be released. There are a couple things that you need to look at. Look at the 1977 after Merry Christmas. Look at those two sevens. And then look below at the 77. And I want to ask you, do you think it was written by the same person? I want you to look at old Hickory House, which they say Judge Moore wrote. Judge Moore says there's no way in the world that's his handwriting. Okay, so now we're going to go into handwriting analysis, which is really a, a pretty pretty weird form of, of analysis. Like they, 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 It's always very questionable. And so then, just to make things worse, Gloria Allred, as I said before, Gloria Allred is not the most credible human. Okay, and... Um, the, uh, and the fact that Gloria Allred continues to be part of this case does not help anybody. So Gloria Allred is asked, okay, so why don't you turn over the yearbook to some neutral third-party authority? She says, I'll turn it over to the Senate. And then she's asked, is the, is, is the allegation that this, this was forged real or not? And she refuses to answer that question, which is just granting flame to the fire, which is what Al Allred wants, by the way. The real reason that Gloria Allred is doing this is not because this is some sort of tacit admission that the, that the yearbook is a fake. Okay, the reason that she is doing this is because... She wants the Senate hearing so she can grandstand. And she's going to do anything possible to get the Senate hearing so she can grandstand. That's what's going on here with Gloria Allred. Uh, we will allow all of this to be asked and answered at the hearing. But that's not a flat denial, uh, Gloria. Well, it's, it's, it, all I'm saying is we're not denying, we're not admitting, we're not addressing. We will not be distracted. Uh, and we will pursue a just result for our clients. Okay, thank you, Gloria Allred, for throwing more gasoline on the flames of conspiracy theories. We're going to have Sheriff Joe Arpaio actually create an investigatory committee after they figure out whether Obama was indeed born in Kenya and the birth certificate is a fake. We're going to find out also whether this yearbook was actually signed in Kenya by Ted Cruz's father after murdering JFK. Uh, I'm very excited to find all of this out. All of this is just bleh. So, but, but here's what's happening. So because all you have to do now in order to doubt an allegation is basically throw any sort of doubt out there. So now Moore is trying to turn this into, and a lot of his allies are trying to turn this into, if you don't support Roy Moore, it's because you're a cuck. If you don't support Roy Moore, it's because you're a weakling. It's because you're a pansy and you just want to see the Senate seat lost. I'm not the one losing the Senate seat right now, dude. You're the one losing the Senate seat. Okay, the NRSC released a poll. I don't quite believe it. It says that Doug Jones is up 12 points. I don't think that's right. But this is a much closer race than it should be. Larry Sabato just moved into the lean Democrat column in a state that votes 66-33 Republican. So, you know, the only person who's losing a race here is Roy Moore, not me. Okay, I want Roy Moore out so that Republicans can win this race. But in any case, his supporters are out there saying that if you don't support Roy Moore, it's because you're a bunch of sissies. You're a bunch of sissy girls. Here's an Alabama pastor saying just this. In the name of God, you're a sissy if you don't support a guy credibly accused of child molestation. I was everyone all these people silent for so many decades, only to all come forth at the same time now. Well, perhaps satanically motivated, but politically carried out. Uh, with it's, fu it's funny how the Republican Party is. What a bunch of sissies. The Democrats rally around their candidates even when they're guilty. Republicans want to throw them under the bus on a mere accusation without knowing whether they're guilty or not. Okay, no, we I actually, so this is one of the arguments that I keep hearing is Democrats don't throw their people on the bus, they rally around them. First of all, we'll see what they do with Al Franken. Second of all, just because someone else does something bad doesn't mean you should. And it's not like Republicans can get away with this in the same way Democrats can. You know why? Because we have moral standards. This is one of the things I've always said about being a Democrat. It's very easy to be a Democrat because when you have no moral standards in social life, that means that you can get away with just about anything. When you say that social standards matter, that social fabric matters, that morality matters, of course we hold you to a different standard. Of course we do. Now, I don't think that that should necessarily be the case. I think everyone should be held to the same standard, regardless as to whether you embrace the standard. But when you do embrace the standard, the added charge of hypocrisy is going to be thrown at you when you move away from it. Okay, so, so Roy Moore himself is trying to turn this into a battle about Mitch McConnell. This is something that you see Steve Bannon wants to do also. He, you know, in order to avoid the allegations I've been saying now for three days, they've been trying to turn this into, this is about McConnell. It's not about McConnell. I don't like McConnell, okay? I've been ripping on McConnell for years. Look back at everything I've written about McConnell. The only thing McConnell has done right is get these judges through. That's really great. It really is. He, he, he held up 
uh, he held up the the appointment of the uh, of the Democrat whose name now escapes me, uh, the the Democrat judge uh, who uh, who was appointed by um, by Barack Obama. He held that up until the until Trump could be elected, and that's how he got Judge Gorsuch. That was good by Mitch McConnell. But otherwise, I'm not a big big, big Mitch McConnell fan. But this isn't about McConnell. But Judge Roy Moore tweeted out yesterday as though as though Mitch McConnell is the only one going after him. Dear Mitch McConnell, bring it on. And what he neglected was the second part of the tweet, is my favorite movie. And I think we, can, we all know why it was his favorite movie, actually. We had the best squad around for years, but no one's been able to see what we can do. We're in trouble. But you better believe all that's going to change this year. You want to make it right? Then when you go to nationals, bring it. I'll, I'll bring it. Don't worry. And then Roy Moore is actually in the background. For some reason, he was there at the filming. I don't know why. Okay, in any case, um, <laughs> in any case, here are the solutions. So there are a bunch of options that have been presented. Judge Moore, bring it on. The, 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 Guys, we got a joke about this. Otherwise, this time is so dark and so terrible. There's an article from the Babylon Bee, which is a, a Christian-oriented parody site that said, poll, half of evangelicals say that they would vote for Satan to stop Doug Jones. <laughs> I think that, that, that's not entirely untrue. I mean, 100% of Democrats would vote for Satan to stop any Republican, basically. Uh, in any case, uh, I would like to, uh, let, let's lay out the options as to where we go from here. None of the options are good. There are really three options that are being weighed right now. So option one is the Sean Hannity option. So after Sean lays out this very strong case a couple of nights ago that Roy Moore has to come up with something credible or Sean's going to call for him to get out of the race, Roy Moore basically offers nothing. And then Sean says, we'll let the people decide, which is a cop out. OK, like, I, I like Sean personally. I think Sean, everyone who knows Sean likes Sean. Sean is a really sweet, solid guy. Um, but this is a cop out. OK, it, ju it just is. In my opinion, so serious. The people of Alabama, they need to know the truth and they've got to have all the facts that they need. And that means that the Alabama voters can make an educated, informed, inclusive decision for their state when they go to the polls. And if that means whatever it means to get to the truth, if it means more time, I believe the governor, according to Greg Jarrett, has the ability to make that decision. The Alabama people deserve that. Greg Jarrett said the governor can delay the race if need be. Now, the people of Alabama deserve to have a fair choice, especially in light of the new allegations tonight. Now, we have told you everyone's point of view. The accusers continue to have an open invitation to come on this show and share their story. At the end of the day, I want to tell you something. I lived in Alabama. I enjoyed my time in Alabama. And I know these people. They're smart. They're great Americans. God, family, faith, country. And I am very confident that when everything comes out, they will make the best decision for their state. Okay, so um, that's a giant cop-out. So I've told you, listen, everyone knows, this is when people say, people will vote how people will vote. Of course that's true. Of course that's true. But I tell you what I think, right? I think Roy Moore did it. And I think that you should either write in a candidate or you should not vote at all. Okay, this is my, these are my options, right? This is what I think. You'll still do what you want to do, right? If you're in Alabama, you'll do it. You're, you're a, you're a grown-up. You make your own decisions. But I'll give you my opinion. For Sean to basically back out of giving an opinion here, I think is a, I do think it's 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 a real cop out, and I don't like hitting Sean. I like I like Sean, um, but it's but it's a, it's a cop out and yuck. Okay, so option two, so the option one is let the vote happen. Okay, and then more wins or he loses. Uh, if he loses, then Doug Jones takes the seat, and this is a real problem for Republicans who now have 51 seats in the Senate as opposed to 52. They can't even get a tax bill through right now. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Okay, option two would be to somehow reset the election. So there are two options here. In, in, within option two, resetting the election. One is the one that you saw Sean mention there, which is the governor could theoretically delay the election. Very difficult to do that. Very difficult to see how it would matter, actually. If he delayed the election, or she, sorry, if she delayed the election, uh, it's very difficult to see how that would necessarily impact the election. Also, it sets a pretty bad precedent that anytime something bad happens for the candidate of your political party, you just delay the election. Obviously, if a Democrat did that on the flip side, we would be ragingly upset over it. Uh, the other thing is that Mitch McConnell is 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 considering a gambit. So Luther Strange, who's the current occupant of the seat, his term expires. Remember, he was appointed to fill Jeff Sessions' seat in sort of corrupt fashion. His term expires uh, in a couple of years, uh, or, or rather next year, I believe. Uh, and therefore, they are holding the special election on that basis. So one of the considerations here is that if Luther Strange, instead of filling out the rest of his term, resigns right now, that triggers a new special election. Now, that's questionable, right? Under the 17th Amendment to the Constitution, the way that Senate seats are filled is that when there is an, ab when, when there is a, a, an absence, a, a vacancy, then the governor fills that, and then a new election is declared. 
So does it matter if the if the guy who filled that vacancy resigns early? Not really clear for them the 17th Amendment, but this is the logic, that maybe they can get away with it. Maybe they can just reset the election, have a new special election with new primaries and everything. Uh, so the problem with this, of course, is that Roy Moore could very easily win those primaries. That Roy, the, so what would end up happening, I guess we could do this ad infinitum. I guess you could have Luther Strange basically resigns, triggering a new special election. In the meantime, you see that Jeff Sessions is appointed by the governor, at which point Roy Moore wins the primaries, at which point Jeff Sessions resigns, at which point a new election is called, at which point she appoints Luther Strange, at which point Roy Moore wins the primaries. And we can do this forever. It'll be just like Inception. We'll be four levels deep, and Leonardo DiCaprio will be wandering around on the sand forgetting where he came from, an old man filled with regret. We can do any of these things, I guess, but I'm not sure that it's actually going to work. Finally, there is option three. Okay, this is the don't seat him option. So Kristen Gillibrand, uh, the, the Democrat from New York, she says that, that this will be the move, that if Roy Moore were actually elected to the Senate, there would be a, an ethics hearing, and then there would be a move not to seat him. I think there will be a, 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 an outcry of members of the Senate who do not want him to serve, uh, even if he's elected. I believe these survivors. I think most people do. And I think it's important that he be held accountable. But hopefully um, the people in his state will vote for someone else. Okay, so Gillibrand, by the way, says she supports an investigation into the Franken allegations, but she is not calling for Franken to step down. So she's, she's, uh, she wants more out. But Franken, well, we'll have an ethics investigation. An ethics investigation just means nothing ever happens because there are tons of ethics investigations, few end with expulsion. But the question is, should Republicans seat more? So yesterday I said on national television, I don't think they should seat more. And I got some blowback from that. People were upset about that. Uh, and even some folks who are, I was talking about off the air, I was talking with uh, a couple of folks off the air who were on the show with me, and they were saying, well, wouldn't that be disrespecting the people of Alabama's choice? And my view is, so what? Okay, and I know that's, that's sort of harsh language, but the idea here is that democracy is not the same as living in a republic. And I'm going to discuss this in the big idea in just a second. Listen, I don't want to play with fire where everybody is now expelled, overruling the will of the people. I don't think that's something that we should take lightly, but I'm not taking this lightly. When you have credible allegations of child molestation, I don't think that that's taking it lightly. I do think that the reason the founders put in place checks and balances, including the ability to expel a member or not seat a member, was for situations like this. I do think that that exists. So in the big idea, in a little while, I, I'm going to talk about the difference between living in a democracy and living in a republic, and why it is that the founders were not supremely comfortable with the argument that just because the people want something, the people ought to get something. I'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, I also want to talk about the Bob Menendez jury is, is apparently deadlocked again, uh, according to CNN. Uh, the jury says it is deadlocked on all charges, and the defense wants to declare a mistrial. It's a seven-woman, five-man jury. They say they are deadlocked. They said they were deadlocked on Monday. On Thursday, they said they've reviewed all the evidence slowly, and they're not willing to change their positions. And uh, he still want, the judge still wants them to go back to the drawing board. He's facing charges of conspiracy, bribery, bribery, and honest services fraud relating to abusing the power of his office. It could carry decades in prison. The prosecutors say that he accepted more than 600 grand in political contributions, a luxurious hotel suite at the Park Hyatt in Paris, free rides on a private jet from wealthy ophthalmologist Solomon Mengen, Melgen in exchange for political favors, including getting visas for Melgen's hot girlfriends. Um, so all of that is, is breaking news as well. We'll talk about all of that. But first, you're going to have to go over to dailywire.com and subscribe. At dailywire.com, you can subscribe for $9.99 a month and get the rest of our show live uh, on video. Uh, you can get the rest of Michael Knowles' show live on video and Andrew Clavin's show live on video. Be part of our mailbag. Uh, the Shapiro store is launching in short order. We've got it all set up. It's just that the gear is taking a little while to get set for the store. But that will be up very shortly, and you'll get discounts for that when you become a member. Also, for $99 a year, you get the annual membership, and that comes along with this, the very greatest in all beverage vessels. This beverage vessel, the reason that I continue to be sick is I haven't been drinking enough from this beverage vessel. The rumor is that it cures disease. I can't verify that. That's not, a, that's not an FDA-approved claim. But all I can say is that the rumor is, the rumor is that if you pour this over Sean Connery's wounds, if he's been shot, then they immediately heal. This is just what I hear. In any case, leftist here is hot or cold. Tumblr, you get that for $99 a year, and you get all the rest of that good stuff, too. Plus, you just want to listen later, go over to YouTube, make sure that you subscribe. Go over to SoundCloud and iTunes, make sure that you subscribe there as well. We are the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast in the nation. <laughs> Alrighty, so, you know, I know a lot of people are uptight with me for talking so much about the Moore thing, but I do think that this is a moral breaking point for the Republican Party, because 
I don't think that we can get away with the vision of, of governance that we are suggesting, that we, can, that we on the right can elect characterless people and get away with it. Because the whole point of being on the right, the whole point of being on the right is that we are supposed to stand for virtue. This is one of the things I'm writing about in my new book. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working on a new book. And the absence of virtue in political life and in common life, the, the decision that we don't have to worry about virtue or inculcation of virtue or have a common definition of virtue, this means that we are less happy as a people. It means we don't trust each other. It means we don't trust our neighbors. You wouldn't trust your neighbor to be, you wouldn't trust Roy Moore to babysit your child. Why would you trust Roy Moore to make your policy? Why would you trust Roy Moore at the levers of the most powerful government in the, in the history of humanity? And these are, you know, I think that we should be asking these questions regardless if we are right, left, or center, and I've been very, very consistent on this. Okay, time for some things I like and then some epic things I hate and a quick big idea. So, things I like. I was on the plane yesterday, lots of plane riding. And, uh, and, there is a, and there is a movie that I was able to watch. JetBlue, by the way, is spectacular. I just have to say, JetBlue is great. They had free internet. Uh, they had new movies. Just tremendous service all the way through. Um, and, uh, and I was able to watch this, this movie from Taylor Sheridan, one of my favorite directors, Hell or High Water, uh, and Sicario. Uh, and uh, the, the movie is Wind River, Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen. Jeremy Renner is terrific. Elizabeth Olsen is not. But the movie itself is uh, the, the movie itself is quite good. The last half hour of it is is really tense and spectacular. Uh, it's very gritty. Okay, it's very upsetting. There's there's one scene near the end where a crime is replayed, and it is very deep. I mean, it is deeply upsetting. So if you're not up for that, then you probably won't be up for any of Taylor Sheridan's films. But um, but the movie itself is is effective and uh, and interesting, and takes on some issues with regard to Native reservations, Native American reservations, which uh, which I think have been long neglected as a place that uh, tremendous suffering goes on. Uh, here's a little bit of the the trailer. I need emergency assistance. What's your location? The Wind River Indian Reservation. I'm Jane Banner, FBI. Welcome to Wyoming. By yourself? It's just me. That's Corey Lambert. He's the one who found the body. This is a homicide. I knew that girl. She's a fighter. Most criminals are never found. It's, it's, a, it's a very good movie, and one of the things that I like about this film and one of the things I like about Taylor Sheridan's writing generally is that not only is he willing to do nuance, but also he doesn't do these anti-American sucker punches. So one of the things that's really nice about this film is that it's all about investigation into a, a woman's murder on a, uh, on a Native American reservation, but the person who's solving the murder is a white guy, Jeremy Renner, and this comes up. Right, and, and he's not portrayed as somebody who's he's married to a Native American woman. He's not portrayed as like an unsympathetic white guy walking onto a Native American reservation and raping the place. That's not the idea. The idea is that if we can find our common humanity, then we're going to be able to solve some problems. Whereas if we steep ourselves in these artificial divisions, then we're never going to be able to solve these problems. Like there's a, a couple of characters, one who's a Native American character who sort of revels in his in in the feeling of victimization, and Jeremy Renner gives him a nice lecture, uh, and then some white guys who, who revel in the idea that they get to, to victimize Native American girls, uh, and uh, they're the bad guys. So I think that it's, uh, it's, uh, it's quite a good movie. Uh, it's, it's worth watching. Uh, again, as I say, Jeremy Renner is very, very good in it. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen is less good in it, um, just because she does wide-eyed the entire film. Uh, Elizabeth Blunt in Sicario gives a much better performance than Elizabeth Olsen does, um, but the movie is worth seeing. Okay, uh, it's not going to get a lot of credit, by the way, because it's a Weinstein Company production, uh, and so it's it, it was slated. It. it was no slated for some awards. It was Weinstein Company produced, uh, and so now it's probably going to get ignored because of Weinstein, which I find just yuck. I mean, Weinstein didn't make the movie; he put some money behind it. Uh, I don't think that just because Weinstein put money behind something means the entire everything he put money behind is garbage. I don't think that's right. Um, okay, other things that I like. So this was pretty funny yesterday. Trump was giving his speech. He said he had a big announcement when he came back from Asia. He did not have a big announcement. He announced basically all of the nice hotels he'd visited, uh, and then he uh, he took a drink of water from a water bottle. And for a brief moment in time, the internet went insane. Japanese companies have announced investments in the United States worth more than $8 billion, 17,000 jobs. Thank you. Oh. They don't have water, that's okay. What? No, it's okay. Oh. There he goes, drinking that water. 
I like to look into the camera, the steely-eyed glare as he tries to open this bottle of water. Japanese manufacturers. And everybody went nuts for a second because Donald Trump had, of course, mocked Marco Rubio for drinking from the bottle of water. Rubio actually, he actually critiqued Trump on his water bottle technique, which is pretty funny on Twitter. So I thought that was kind of funny. Okay, time for some things that I hate. So as you know, I love Twitter. Uh, I'm very, very active on Twitter. I have almost a million followers there. And um, I tweet incessantly, annoying everyone in my feed. And Twitter is now cracking down on blue check marks. The way they're doing this is they're saying that they want to get rid of blue check marks for people who tweet controversial and nasty things. So they got rid of it for uh, some white supremacists like Richard Spencer and, uh, and Baked Alaska. And here's my problem with this. Uh, I think all those people are garbage, but the blue check mark is there so that if somebody is imitating you, it's supposed to verify you, right? The idea is that if somebody is, is imitating you, you can report them for imitating you. It's a protection against fraud, essentially. Fraud protection still exists for bad people. Like, if you want to kick off Baked Alaska because you think Baked Alaska is a scumbag and he violates your, your terms of service for being a white supremacist, you know, that's your, that's your standard. You're a, you're a private company. You can do what you want. But if you're removing verification check marks, what that, in, what that inherently is doing is now you're saying that there are certain people whose messages are approved who we will continue to provide blue check marks, and there are certain people whose messages are not approved who we will not provide blue check marks. And now it looks like Twitter is sponsoring certain messages. It's really dumb business more than anything else. I think Twitter's making a huge mistake. It's very stupid. Okay, other things that I hate. This was an amazing picture. Okay, so I have to show you this picture. This was actually photographed by AP, and this was real. Okay, this is Steve Mnuchin and his wife, Louise Linton. Okay, they went, to the, they, they went over to the U.S. Mint, and they, they held up copies of the first currency notes bearing his and U.S. Treasurer uh, Jovita Carranza's signatures at the Bureau of Engraving and Printing. And I don't even know what's going on here. I mean, like, it's, it's a, if you can't see the picture, it's Mnuchin holding up the sheet and then his wife, Louise Linton, in Cruella de Vil gloves, giving a Bond villain glare into the camera as she smiles, holding this up. The best tweet that I saw on this yesterday was, Louise, uh, Louise, Linton with, uh, Louise Linton with the things she loves and Steve Mnuchin. I thought that was, that was pretty good. Um, also, uh, th there's a picture of him holding up the sheet and her smiling at him while wearing, apparently, Kylo Ren's costume from the last, uh, <laughs> from the last Star Wars movie. Uh, it's pretty amazing. You got to love Louise Linton for owning it. Um, but, yeah, uh, this is not a good look. I mean, you don't want to look plutocratic. That's not exactly the best look, uh, the best look which, of course led to one of my favorite things that I have ever seen, which is somebody made this video of Steve Mnuchin. And Steve Mnuchin is, uh, let's say he's a rather smarmy character. And Steve Mnuchin, I, you have to laugh. They cut a video of Steve Mnuchin talking, but they filled his mouth with gargling sounds, and it really works. It's really funny. Was it appropriate that Tom Price um, was fired? Do you regret making the requests you made for government aircraft, whether it was to go to Kentucky. I know there's an inspector general on that one. <laughs> so the Kentucky use of the plane was a mistake. <laughs> Secretary Mnuchin, I appreciate you coming on. <laughs> okay. I don't know why. I thought it was funny. It made me laugh. Okay. Uh, time for the big idea. So I mentioned earlier that if they don't seat... Uh, if they don't see Roy Moore after he's elected, is this a slap in the face to the people of Alabama? I think the answer is no. I think that the people of Alabama, many of them who would vote for Roy Moore, don't want him in the Senate. They just don't want Doug Jones there. And so if you were replaced by somebody like Jeff Sessions, I think that a lot of people in Alabama would probably breathe a sigh of relief. I think a lot of Alabama voters say, I'm not voting for Jones. I don't want Jones in the Senate. I don't want the election to get away. I'll vote for Moore, right? They'll make the binary decision and vote for more. That, that would be the logic anyway, and a write-in won't work, so we'll vote for him. He'll win, and then maybe they'll replace him. So I think that does exist. But second of all, there's this idea that has gone around, and I, I find it very irritating, that institutions that were specifically set up to check public excesses are, are now considered out of bounds. It's terrible. How dare you check what the public wants here? Okay, the founders never believed in democracy. The founders believed in republicanism. In, fa in fact, the founders despised the idea of direct democracy. The idea that the people know best in every situation never crossed the founders' mind. Okay, here's what John Adams wrote in 1814. Remember, democracy never lasts long. It soon wastes, exhausts, and murders itself. There never was a democracy yet that did not commit suicide. It is in vain to say that democracy is less vain, less proud, less selfish, less ambitious, or less avaricious than aristocracy or monarchy. It is not true in fact, and nowhere appears in history. Those passions are the same in all men, 
under all forms of simple government and when unchecked, produce the same effects of fraud, violence, and cruelty. When clear prospects are open before vanity, pride, avarice, or ambition for their easy gratification, it is hard for the most considerate philosophers and the most conscientious moralists to resist the temptation. Individuals have conquered themselves. Nations and large bodies of men never. Right, so John Adams saying, listen, direct democracy, the idea that people always are right is not true, which is why you have a set of checks and balances. If you believe that people were always right, majority rule on everything. You wouldn't need a constitution. You wouldn't need a Senate. You wouldn't need a House. You wouldn't need a presidency. You wouldn't need a judiciary. You wouldn't need checks and balances. Okay, the Senate was given the authority as to whether to seat particular senators specifically for situations where senators should not be seated even though they were elected. You know, and somebody yesterday asked me, well, what, what if the Electoral College had rogue electors who voted against Donald Trump? What I said is, that is what the Electoral College was designed to do. I would have disagreed that the Electoral College should have seen Donald Trump as such a threat to democracy that they wouldn't seat him. But originally, this is what the Electoral College was designed to do. The Electoral College was designed to stop bad men from entering high office or women. That's what it was designed to do. In fact, if I had my druthers, the Electoral College would have said nixed to both of the candidates, and then we would have been able to seat somebody else. In any case, uh, Chief Justice John Marshall said the same thing. He said, between a balanced Republican and democracy, the difference is, that, is like that between order and chaos. Right? A balanced republic is designed to check out the excesses. James Madison writes this in Federalist 10, which we'll get to when we eventually get to Federalist 10 in our review of the Federalist Papers. I think next week is Federalist 4. He says, democracies have ever been spectacles of turbulence and contention, have ever been found incompatible with personal security or the rights of property, and have, in general, been as short in their lives as they are violent in their deaths. If we don't accept that some checks and balances are necessary to prevent the excesses of people who feel forced into binary positions, then we're not going to be able to actually see what the system of government was meant to be. Okay, so we'll be back here tomorrow with all the latest. We'll see if the Democrats continue to stand in hypocritical fashion by Al Franken, and uh, we'll see if Bob Menendez uh, walks free. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.